everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. One of your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing great. How are you? You're visiting the great state of Minnesota, the land yep. of 10,000 lakes. 10,000 lakes and uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who are we going to win this year? hope springs eternal my friend yeah it's been springing eternal for 40 years for me so it's pretty much just a leak at this yeah oh come on you're a lifer like i am (laughs) you know know. we moan and complain but we'll be there i wouldn't watch anybody else um so uh before we get into this week's guest to talk about the return of live shows uh, just a quick shout out to Bruce at Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you so much for your support. And of course, to our sponsor, DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts online, and now at gigs has become an important income generator. (laughs) Please, if you've got a show and you are not selling some form of merchandise right now, you are missing the boat. Yep. I I can guarantee you your fans are jonesing to buy stuff too. So make sure you got a merch table. Uh, For every CD you sell at a gig or online, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. Mm Mm-hmm. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So we put together a little offer. Head over to DiscMakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs. Again, these are CDs you will be selling at your merch table. 10 bucks a CD, you know do it. Just buy some. Um, Place an order for 100 or more CDs from Disc Makers. And when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, FREEBIZ, and you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. And that's $150 you can put in to some more merchandise. Uh, Jay, so who's joining us this week? Today, we're joined by Kyle Lamont. She's the creator and host of the Concert Cast podcast. And I just found season two really interesting about kind of this lost COVID year and about venues and about that ecosystem. Really interesting conversation. Yeah. You know, she she talks about she was just at the opening of a venue in Nashville very recently. So she's sharing insights as to what has changed from a year ago? How are people acting? How are they feeling? Yeah. Where do they, where do they see the the future going here? So it's really great. You know, a year ago we had agents on talking about what was going on. Now we're talking about what's happening as it's reopening. Now. Yep. So yep. let it roll. Today, we're joined by Kyle Lamont, executive producer at Good To Go Studios and creator and host of the Concert Cast podcast. Kyle, it's good to see you. Likewise. Thank Thanks you for so joining much us. for having me. I'm yeah. uh, Zooming from the coast of Maine here in my studio in Ellsworth. Nice. It's so right outside of Bar Harbor. So we nice. basically got 
all of the U.S. covered. You're on the East Coast, <laughs> Jay's on the West Coast, and I am dead in the Midwest. Yeah. There you go. We got this it covered. our powers combined. Exactly. <laughs> wonder, well, wonder twins, powers combined. <laughs> That's going to go over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> exactly. So, Kyle, you know, you and I have been chatting off and on for a while. You know I'm a big fan of ConcertCast. For those who don't know, um, in fact, before we even get into ConcertCast, talk a little bit about, you know, your journey, what you do. You work for this uh, Good to Go Studios. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of how that led to ConcertCast. Yes. So we're a full service production agency, uh, boutique, independent, uh, but we help produce commercials, uh, short films and podcasts. I've been I've worked with huge brands and startups, you know, nice. but love the entire process, whether it's a film or a podcast um, yeah. or a commercial. So I love every step of it. And but concert. Well, concert cast. Yeah. I mean, you've clearly you're a music fan. Yes. Um, yeah. How, how did that come about? Did you play music? Did you just love buying music when you were younger? How did that happen? I, th I, I think it really started. In fact, I know it started was when I worked at a music venue in college. Um, I worked at the Blue Note in Columbia, Missouri. Nice. And I started out as a cleaner. I was cleaning puke from the urinals after a Rob Zombie concert. So it's so glamorous, right? Hey, yeah, it was right? At, least, at least it was nice of them to puke in the urinal. I know. But, you know, cleaning <laughs> wow. puke from uh, urinal cakes, you know, just who knew that that yeah. was possible? Glamorous. But, you know, a smile on my face, love in the just being involved in part of that ecosystem, as yeah. we all know that word so well today. But it is. We know that music venues, they're their little world. And I was, you know, begging to be a cleaner. Um, every day I would come in and ask the owner, Richard King at the time, if I could clean, clean for him. I knew that that was a way to just learn how things worked and just get free tickets for concerts, the, you know, that night. Yep. Um, smart. Yeah. And it was so, you know, so fun. But, you know, while at the same time interning for local news station. So really just developing my the world of, of story and combining visuals with interviews and all of that, but worked my way up from cleaner to box office, <laughs> uh, running talent all over the place, which is so cool to have them in my beat up Subaru station wagon that we called the Cyclops because the head headlight kept burning out. You know, I had TV and the radio in my truck, you know, like nice. Crazy fun times and just really understood like just the love of a music venue. Really. Yeah, it was sounds like you made your made your own luck. And you know, Michael and I talk about that all the time. You know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. I love that you're not afraid of hard work and you just roll up your sleeves and like, look, what do I need to do? You want me to sweep the floors? I'll sweep <laughs> the floors. That's how people kind of make it. There's there's an old joke in the music industry and well, entertainment industry is like, you know, the guy's shoveling crap behind an elephant and his friend said, Why don't you quit this job? This is a horrible job. And he goes, What? And leave show business? <laughs> totally it, it 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 is interesting because you know i oh, i'm sure we all get it but you know people are always emailing going how do i get into the music business what 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 can i do and 
you know, the truth is you got to start like, like you did. You start at the, at the local venue, cleaning up puke. You start with the local band who nobody knows and just work their merch table, um, whatever it might be. There's, I, I feel like there's so many people nowadays feel like they want to just go straight to the top. Like, well, it's millennials, how, right? How do, millennials want. Yeah. How do, how do I, I, you know, that. I want a job at the Blue Note, but I only want to be the one that's booking the bands. Well, have you ever booked bands before? Nope, but I want that job. It's like, but you know, it took me 25 years to get to this position. And I know everybody, and you know, I feel like people want, I mean, even, even bands, we talk about this. Bands want to be able to go from, we had our first rehearsal in the garage yesterday, and and by Saturday, how can we have a hundred thousand likes on Facebook? Put in twenty years, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no shortcut. You really got to start doing the crap work and work your way up. And I don't know about you guys, but I have greater appreciation when somebody does cross my path who says, "Yeah, I've been doing this for." 20 years and I started by cleaning up puke. I'm like, okay, you've paid your dues. Yeah. You've earned my respect. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also just the process, right? Like we all love just like, I love, loved just being in the venue, you know, and just feeling all that energy, knowing that cleaning up and mopping was to help the people enjoy the show that night. Like it just all worked together. And just knowing at it. Yeah. Knowing that it all needs each other and works with each other as a unit um, is is inspiring and how every venue operates that way. You know, no, no venue doesn't need a cleaner. Right. Or just like I bet you learned a lot about how things work. Like how did the load in and the sound check and people getting paid, you were right there. So you kind of went, Oh, so that's how this works. Oh yeah. Well, you know, smoking joints with sound techs and having a good time though. Right. Like this wasn't like, you know, it was a fucking blast. Right. And that's (laughs) a lot of what the music is. Music business is freaking fun. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and I just love that. And I love just new music every night and different genres, right? Like how music venue can have country music one night, especially in a college town, country music one night, hip hop another night, you know, Bill Forsell, jazz guitarist the other night, like we had a great talent buyer, great, you know, roster every night. I got to see so much music I never even knew was out there. Mm-hmm. until I started working at the Blue Note. And that yeah. just really opened my eyes to, to music venues and the culture. And so after that, I was just like inspired to experience different music venues, you know, and feel their different energy, their vibes, understand the stories, you know, watch the different cleaners and sound techs and, and was just inspired by the, the, the unit that each yeah. venue has. And I, and that's really the catalyst of concert cast right. was just road tripping to different music venues and, and just experiencing what that was, but building an experience around that trip of going to a music venue, exploring like what the restaurant, you know, the bartender recommended to eat at, right. Sure. Or going, staying at the hotel that I knew that everyone else stayed at in town. Like you really create a sense of a, 
what I call a music centric itinerary, Yeah, you know, yeah. built around the venue. Yeah. And I think one thing that I pulled from the concert cast is that each one of these venues and, and a lot of the people within, they have a narrative, they have a yes. story to tell and it, there's no two that are the same. So you go to one venue in a large town, small town, and then go to something that's like in another and it's a whole different narrative. Nailed it. Nailed it. And that's the exciting part of concert cast is, is learning that and hearing from the different perspectives you know, they're, and everyone's so passionate about their jobs, just as we are passionate about sharing their, their roles and their jobs. Like I love talking to talent buyers and, you know, it was just at the Brooklyn bowl in Nashville, um, opening up the venue with uh, the team and just speaking with everyone from the general manager to the talent buyer to, you know, hanging out with the co-owners, like truly just very emotional and electric yeah. and they were so passionate and that's truly what you'll find at every venue is passion. Right. So Kyle, you know, obviously we know at least here in the U S um, music is basically returning. Venues are reopening large, small, and everything is, 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 is reopening. Can you believe it? Um, no. You know, it, it, it's, it's Not amazing really. to think. Have you guys that, been to a concert yet? Um, no, I have tickets. Not yet. Not yet. What? Uh, to see who? I'm going to see uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket in Malibu and then Kiss it probably at Shoreline uh, with this knucklehead. Yeah, that, that, that'll be in fall. But, you know, uh, a year ago, you know, last July, even March when this all happened, and, and you were continuing to speak to these venues during all of that, what was the feeling you were getting from the, the, the people, the staff in the venue about what was going on, what did they know, what was scaring them, what was concerning them, and, you know, even how did they keep themselves, if possible, active over the last 12 months? Yeah, it was, it was quite, a, I mean, as we all know, a wild ride. And that's the weird thing about this pandemic. We can all relate to it in one way or another. When I talked to people through season two, everyone from the vice president of Neva, who is also the owner of the um, Rebel Lounge in Phoenix, Stephen Chilton, um, or Charlie Ryan at Brooklyn Bowl, or to tour managers, right? Um, I think the, the grand sense was the unknown, right? Um, but then it was this sense of appreciation, right? Everyone just really understanding and taking a moment to reflect and appreciate what we had and appreciate it deeper when we come back. Yes. Um, and that's truly what I found at Brooklyn Bowl when I was just there was this true sense of appreciation, better, deeper than ever for live music. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one was, no one I spoke with for season two was scared. I think it was just a lot of reflection and a lot of time to really get to know each other. You know, talking with the talent buyer again at Brooklyn Bowl, Colin, he was like, I actually got to know people, <laughs> you know, the agents that he works with, you know, taking that time to get to know each other, we take for granted. Um, but no one was quite scared, at least they didn't let on to be. Yeah. Um, everyone was just really passionate to just get the funding um, 
and to, yeah. to get the vaccines going, I, that was pretty clear that the vaccine was going to be the, the way back in. And that's pretty clear yeah. that it has been. Yeah, you but, mentioned something that I think that we're all feeling, and that is that we're never going to take this for granted again. You know, just going to a show, seeing some friends, traveling, we took all of that for granted for a long time. And I mean, I get emotional thinking about some of these shows that are coming up with some of my clients, you know, being able to see them in person again and give them a hug and see the live show. And it's, it's really exciting. We'll never take it for granted. Oh my goodness. And when I was at, in Nashville, the first two nights, it was old crow medicine show that opened up. And then the third night was, uh, the rebirth brass band, you know, second line music straight out of new Orleans. And I actually had the great honor and privilege to speak with um, Ben Jaffe, the owner of Preservation Jazz Hall. He came down or came up to celebrate with Peter Shapiro and Charlie Ryan, the grand opening, right, as a venue owner to another. And it was his COVID moment to get out, travel and go celebrate. And he, he got really emotional talking with me about the power of second line music you know, how it, it has, um, it can pull people out of grief and it just couldn't be more appropriate to listen to that music after the pandemic, uh, with a bunch of people that you don't know. And that's the beauty of a venue, right. And just celebrating how we're out of the pandemic, quote unquote, for the most part, it's in our rear view, hopefully. Yeah. But the music was just like, so appropriate. Like we're celebrating this moment but yet where there's so much wake of crap and people yeah. and, and and just honoring that and so yeah. it was just that it's just wonderful how like certain music can really do that for people you know especially sure. grief and and that was really cool to talk to ben jaffe about that and but he shared with me this story do you guys remember his he plays the tuba like the house tuba at the preservation jazz hall. And it's really historic, iconic. It has preservation jazz hall, like printed on the tuba. And I guess one night after his show, someone stole it. Someone stole his tuba. And I didn't know about this. I feel like a dumb blonde. I didn't know about it, but stole his tuba and it went on. It's like a journey. The tuba did. And it was, you know, awful. Like it's a historic tuba, part of this jazz hall. And to make a long story short, I guess what happened is someone actually called the preservation jazz hall and said, we have your tuba, but didn't leave a number. And so everyone's like waiting by the phone for them to call back. Mm -hmm. And they finally called back and they got the tuba back, but just hearing the story and just like, yeah putting my, you know, envisioning the tuba on its own, like weird adventure. Like. Right. I mean, sadly, we hear that story so often with rock bands who lose famous guitars, you know, Peter Frampton and his black beauty. It goes, I mean, there's so many of these instruments that get stolen. And then years later, you hear the story of kind of somebody finding it at some, you know, secondhand shop and returning it, you know? So I'm glad they got their, (laughs) their tuba back. Instruments are part of the player, right? At the end of the day. Wow. Absolutely. So, so tell me, you know, season two, really kind of a lost year COVID, 
you know, a lot of the themed. What's what what are you thinking about for season three now that things are starting to open up again? Yeah. Are you gonna try to get out on the road and get some more of those narratives? Yes, and really, really focusing in on Brooklyn Bowl. You know, what they've created is this huge, you know, this hub of live music and entertainment, right? It's a bowling alley as well. And this new venue in Nashville, they are adjacent to a baseball stadium. So not only can you go and see a live show, play a game, you know, go bowling, you can also watch a baseball game. Like, come on. That's a it, good day. Yeah, exactly. It's a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> And not to mention like stacked lineup and like truly like after this past weekend, when I was there, like, you know, the world, the word welcome has like a different meaning for me now because of how awesome the staff was. And just, you know, obviously I was there for a really cool experience to celebrate return of live music and open that venue, which was two years in the making, Mm -hmm. you know, so everyone was just fired up. Yeah. And to be part of that and capture it for the podcast was so cool. But, you know, just the, all the staff on the back of their shirts have the word welcome on there. Like that word in general, again, appreciating it. Like we're welcome back. Like, let's are you, have fun. Are you getting the feeling that, that sort of the, you know, when it comes to live shows, there's two sides of the coin. There's the bands. <laughs> And then there's the businesses, meaning the venues, the promoters, the agents, everybody else who's involved with putting shows on. And I think we all know that over the years, there's always been a lot of tension between those two, especially finger pointing. Well, the band didn't promote. That's why the show Mm. didn't sell out. The band is sitting there going, well, the venue did this and didn't take care of us, you know? we've all been around both sides where there could be legitimate reasons where people are at odds with the other side. Do you feel like now that wall's kind of been broken down Mm. and, you know, the, the artists are much more appreciative of the venue and the venue staff and vice versa. The venues are now much more appreciative and, and welcoming to the artists and that everybody's trying to be on the same team. I mean, do you feel like that's kind of what's coming out of all of this COVID? I think so. I hope so. I, I felt that and saw it at Brooklyn bowl and the talent buyer was echoing that, you know, like the talent buyer and agent, we know that that sort of structure, especially in the back end, is tense. Right. Right. And, and I was curious about that same question. Like, how are, how is the business going now that things are coming back online? And he said, things are, are definitely sort of getting back to that world again, but we have a better uh, camaraderie now, right? We're stronger. We understand each other's humans now. And I don't think that that was the case before there's camaraderie together, no matter what team you play for. Um, so I sense that is a camaraderie. But, you know, of course there's going to be, you know, that built-in competition or that built-in like business that just is, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, But in terms of like being at the show, like, um, you know, I just, I felt like, again, like a team effort, welcoming camaraderie 
and, and just, I think we're going to see a, a more emphasis on mental health, right? Yeah. I think with, uh, especially with roadies, especially with, you know, the, the, the band, you know, um, yeah. a lot like, like just understanding when to pull back and maybe not push so hard because of how fragile this ecosystem yeah. is. Yeah. Maybe and a little I, bit more respect. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of got the feeling like pre COVID, both sides sort of had that feeling of, well, we don't need you. There's another band that will take your spot. And the bands are like, well, we'll just go find another venue if you're going to treat us that way. And in the blink of an eye, everybody disappeared. <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. what happened a year ago. Venues, buyers, agents, bands, everything stopped. True. You had nothing yeah. else to rely on. And, hopefully coming out of this, everybody's going to sit here and go, you know what? We are all part of the same ecosystem here. We really are. And, and if we don't take care of the bands, we're not going to have the talent to play. And if the bands don't treat the venues with respect, you know, how many venues are completely gone over the last year? Well, that's what I was going to mention, Michael, is that there are not only venues that aren't coming back like ever, that are just done, but there are also people whose livelihood was working at the venues, selling merch, you know, uh, in the touring industry. There were so many people that they had to find other things. They're gone. They're, they're not. On. They're not. Yeah, you know, they became real estate agents or something else. They had to. You know what? They're not going to come back. They're not going to be the talent buyer this year. They're not going to be the the sound person this year, and. I'm just hoping that everybody as a whole doesn't forget. I mean, you know, as human nature as we tend to quickly forget, you know, not just what happened 10 years ago, we forget what happened six months ago. Sure. But remember that because yeah, this is something that we went through that literally wiped out everybody. Everybody's business was, Put affected to sure. a grinding halt, especially entertainment. Yeah, people don't and, think of the venues yeah, uh, sometimes, and, and, but and, you know, as that's we, a lifeblood, right, Kyle? As I, mean, as, as, as I prefaced, you know, we're fine here in the U.S. now. It's starting to come back. But don't think that's the way in Canada or Europe or Asia. I mean, Australia. I mean, these countries are still battling how to reopen. And I'm just hoping everybody kind of sits back and goes, okay, I'm going to have a little more compassion and understanding when I'm in that email thread or on that phone call with somebody who, you know, might not be giving you exactly what you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a fragile, we're all now seeing how fragile it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but also like, um, you know, just being again, back in the, I mean, I'm only going back to Nashville because it was my first concert experience back online. And it was just, just magical to say the least. And, uh, yeah, but it was almost like riding a bike, right? Like you're like, okay, like I remember this, you know, just, yep. I can, I can dance. I can talk to yeah. people. Like, I think that goes to show just the power of music, how it is so ingrained as a, it is like the human experience Yeah, that we can come back right to music in a way that it's like wearing our favorite sweatshirt. Like it yeah. just felt cozy. It felt like 
I missed you. It felt like if it, it was live music was a person, I would just want to hug it, you know, and it just, everyone I think felt that way, but it was also just like, we naturally fell into the rhythm of what yeah. we're used to hanging at the bar, talking, mingling around, you know, like there's, yeah. you know, are you a lot hearing of anything about just the fact that with this pent up demand and everybody wants to get out playing live again, but there's only so many venues and there's only so many slots and with everybody, this wave of people wanting to get out, are you hearing any discussions about challenges with just the sheer volume of people wanting to get out and hit the road? Yeah. I, that was a question too. I asked the talent buyer, like, how's the booking going? Like our prices going up, right? We all know that everyone needs to recoup big time. And we're seeing that in ticket prices. There's no joke about, you know, doubt about that. Our ticket prices are like, some of them are doubling. Like it's crazy, especially I'm going to see Umphreys McGee in in New Hampshire in a couple of weeks. And it's still a pod experience pod show, but Mm -hmm. very, you know, the tickets are heavy, right? Everyone's recouping, but so people are are you seeing that across the board that the pricing is a little higher than from what I personally, what I've been buying. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think what we're also getting is a deeper experience. Like I know that at Brooklyn Bowl, like they're integrating more into the experience. So I think you're walking away with a, your, a value. You know, I'm going to a show at Umphreys McGee. I know it's going to be a great experience, you know, and, but we're almost, everyone's over, everyone in every department is over a barrel. Like everyone sort of needs something and it's just a matter of compromise. But at the end of the day, like we all want to go out and enjoy these things again. Yeah. But I think the talent buyer, he did say that things are going to start to level out, but right now there is a serious influx in his inbox, you know, like things are cooking. It's well, you know, and, and this is like everything in our economy, we're, we're we're witnessing supply and demand absolutely at its at its production basically right now. You may not like it, but prices are very high for certain things because there's an extremely low supply because of the last year they haven't been producing it. So entertainment's the same way. And again, that has to be part of what everybody's understanding is yeah, there's only seven days a week. There's only X amount of clubs that you can play, and they can only put so many bands on. But the supply of bands that want to play outweighs what's available. Right. And probably will for a while. You guys do great coverage. I mean, we all know that, you know, I love, you know, your newsletter, like just live streaming is still in the picture and Twitch, you know, it's still in the picture. It's not going away. And I think that's where we're going to see our artists retreating to because they know their fans, they can make their money on Twitch Yeah, and they've established it and it's on their terms in their yeah. living room, you know, and I, that we know is not going to go away. Are, are you seeing, are you seeing the venues um, embracing live streaming on an ongoing basis, even moving forward now post COVID? Yes. 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 I mean, we've, you know, as a video producer, you know, and someone who's been in venues uh, for music videos and production and all of that, like it it was before really hard to get in. It was always like a something to cross off the budget list. Right. It was the first thing to go was video. 
And now we're seeing it's a priority item. Mm -hmm. And Brooklyn Bowl is a really amazing uh, model, right? For all venues, I think right now, because they provide entertainment in screens, live streaming, because they know the value of an experience. You know, if you're at their venue, getting a drink at the bar, you're still watching the show on the screen in front of you. You're never away from the stage. And they understand that. And they have now at their Nashville venue, a video village, right? They have a live streaming section in their venue right next to the soundboard, right? Like it's that top priority. And I think we're going to see that moving forward a hundred percent because we see live nation is building it into their venues. Like it's a business stream. It's a, it's yeah. a, it makes a lot of sense. Only so many people can go to that venue and there's so many other people that would love to pay money to experience that. And the, and the quality of productions are getting better. We know that with lights and and everything like that. It's, it's what you make of it. And, and I think it, it's just, it's a fun part of the innovation that we're seeing coming out of the pandemic. You know, know, Kyle, before we, before we wrap here, I'd also like to get your feeling what have you seen the venues change in relation to COVID coming out of it? Mm-hmm. Meaning, are there are there definitely more protocols in place for cleaning? Are they do they have more staff? Are you know, and 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 from that standpoint, that could help also have the consumers and the bands understand that there's now greater costs involved on the venue side, because now they have to do all of these other things. So, you know, are, are you encountering venues where it's just like, nope, it's the same as it was 18 months ago. And are you encountering venues where it's like, yeah, we've totally revamped it. We've got three people on staff whose only job is to go around and disinfect throughout the entire night. You know, what, what are you experiencing there? Exactly. I think again, going back to Brooklyn Bowl, because it's my immediate reference, but there is much more like cleaning sanitations. Never saw that before COVID. Like when you really think about how simple that is, that we never saw that at venues before. So I definitely saw a lot more of that. Bartenders are still masked up. And I I wonder if that's going to be pretty much protocol moving forward. Not no, I do not know, and I don't want to quote anything. Um, there was, you know, I, I bet, I bet the bartenders would like to stay masked up because that way they can swear at the customer under the mask (laughs) and nobody will know. (laughs) I, yeah, man, bartenders. Yeah, they're awesome. But you know, it's, I, I saw that there's definitely a lot of hands on deck, you know, just to make sure that everyone was, you know, moving around, you know, like traffic flow, spatial flow, like movement in the, in the place. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's hard we're to say. We're looking at it differently, right? I mean, we're looking yeah. at ventilation. We're looking at some places take temperatures, some don't. I mean, we never had a universal kind of passport that showed that you were vaccinated and the cat's, you know, way out of the bag on all of that stuff. We're on the honor system now. And, you know, without getting into the politics of all of this, it's still dangerous out there. There's a Delta variant. There's still things happening. But I think we've endured so much and now we're kind of scarred for life. Right. And we're going to appreciate things moving forward, probably be a little bit more careful at some of these shows going forward, you know, those types of things. Um, Tell us um, where can people, 
if if they don't know where can they uh find concert cast uh the podcast um where can they find you online so yeah itunes spotify you know the everywhere the everywhere suspects. the podcasts are yeah, the usual suspects, but I I am loving uh, loving the old TikTok right now too. Just putting some fun content on there, and yeah, just um, you know, social media is fun. But I find you know the values in the content, and um, you know, for anyone like the first season of Concert Cast was an entire road trip around my home state of Maine, yeah, and experiencing every you know, venue or repurpose place, talk to John Fishman of fish, just trying to get the, the whole idea of main soundscape through our, through our venues and through our music scene. And it's quite awesome here. Yeah. And so if you're coming up to Maine and want a road trip, like please listen to this podcast, but it's hopefully just a really good indicator of like what's to come is this, you know, travel experience to a music venue and, and everything that is involved and, and how both, traveling and live music are sort of interconnected and how they both have the power to change us as humans. And I'm just excited to get back to that and um, share it with all the listeners. Yep. Absolutely. Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time. I know this took us a hot minute to to get together, but uh, such a pleasure talking with you and we'd love to talk to you again. Well, if this is going to sound like we're having a conversation at a bar, are you going to feed in like, um audio from like bar talk <laughs> like and noise and crowd yeah. noise clinking you know, glasses a, gl- a glass breaking behind you exactly yeah, the bartender exactly. swearing yeah yep. under yep. his mask yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> that would be cool little effect and then it just we never <laughs> see the bar it just sounds like one well you can yep. use video as your zoom background too so there you go Do a loop or something there you go so awesome. thank, well, thanks so much, Kyle. Thank you. thank you so much, Kyle. This was a real pleasure. I look forward to hanging out at a show one day with you two. Yep. You guys awesome. look like a lot of fun to awesome. hang out we with. We are. I mean, look at us, please. <laughs> exactly. As long as the show is done by nine o'clock, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. That is totally. <laughs> wow. You can stay up that late. Jeez, All right. Maybe if oh I get All a right. nap in. All right. Thanks, All right. Kyle. All right. Take, Take care, care Kyle. Much. We'll talk soon. Right. Bye. 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 Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Um, it's cool to start getting the, uh, the insights from people who are back there, back yeah. seeing the venues and how they're opening up and what are they yeah. doing. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, this is being said about every business out there but it definitely needs to be reinforced for live music. Everybody needs to have patience with the bands, with the staff, with the venues. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. obviously we know um, so many businesses are understaffed right now. They're having a hard time filling positions. Um, People don't want to necessarily follow rules because they just want to get out there and have fun again. Just have a little patience with everybody. Yeah, it's going to take a hot minute. 
I was talking to one of my uh, managers yesterday that has a band out on the road and they haven't done this for so long that it's just, it takes a hot minute to remember and get back into that groove of, you know, checking in and sound check, sound check and all the people that you talk to and all the things you do to promote a show and it'll come back. But I think you're spot on. Just take a deep breath as we roll back into this. It's going to take a hot minute. The, the, the other thing that I think is really important for venues and bands is, you know, if you know them, don't immediately go, okay, my first night back, can you put me on the guest list? Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you. You more, know, man. this this is not the time to ask for freebies of yeah. anybody. I'm so Keep, glad you brought that up. That is so important. Yeah, because uh, you know the bands, the venues, everybody has been without income for the last. Yeah, they've been they've been eating sawdust months. for the last year. So yeah. maybe don't ask them for the comp. The, the, maybe just pay to put something. Yeah, I'm yeah, with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it's a ten dollar ticket. Buy the $10 ticket for no other reason to start supporting the return of all of this. You, you, you don't want to go out there and just go, Hey, I'm your buddy. Put me, give me a free t-shirt and yeah. uh, give me free drinks all night. And uh, no, don't expect that right now. That's just not Don't even accept it. I mean, yeah. go buy a t-shirt to your point. Go buy, if they have vinyl at the merch table or a shirt, help them out. You know, by doing that, that puts money in their pocket. And they've been starving for 12 months. So I think that's a great, great and, way. And, 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 and keep in mind, that's not just the bands. That's the venues. If you don't drink beer, still go buy a beer and throw it away. But, it you know, somebody. that way they're making money because if they can't get back up to operational capacity pretty quickly here, they may close in another six months because they just can't sustain yeah, it. Somehow. So yep. don't look, don't look for, this is not the time to look for freebies. Yep. Please. Um, all right. So uh, real quick shout out. Thank you to Hypebot, bands in town. And of course our sponsor discmakers.com. If you are watching or listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes. We're on Twitch. We're everywhere you can find podcasts as well. <laughs> so give us a follow, leave us a comment. And uh, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week.